Hola y bienvenidos a Firme. That's right. Welcome to the Cuentos y Arte Podcast. Por gente. Todos. That's right. Miguel Maltos Gonzalez here. I'm coming back. Still can't uh, put me down. Still can't stop me. <laughs> Because there's so much to talk about. Oh my gosh. There's so much happening. Oi. I, there's just so many things going on, and today I had a very, a very, and I'm going to say this, a very good, difficult conversation I did. It had to deal a lot with, with, uh, you know, some political things, some cultural things, and, and mainly it was with a person that I... You know, I, I don't know, personally. I don't know their history. I don't know where they're coming from. You know, but I had a conversation uh, with a fella that he was talking about the new Spanish language radio station here in Spokane. And basically, you know, I'm not going to get into exactly what he said. I don't want to have to repeat those words. But basically, he said that that radio station has no place in, in Spokane because anybody that speaks Spanish here is illegal. That's basically what he said. Of course, he said it in a more... Uh, he used more colorful metaphors. <laughs> he was more expressive. And it was a much longer... Uh, description of why that radio station doesn't belong here. And again, I know this doesn't really get in with uh, the arts, but it does in a way, because this is part of cultural expression. This music, it is an art form, like any other form of music, like a visual art, like a performing art, like dance. It's, it's an art form. This is a cultural expression of the Spanish-speaking population in Spokane. And through this conversation that we had, you know, I, I guess you could say I, I bit my tongue and I really talked with this person. You know, we had, we didn't get into an argument, things didn't get heated, you know, Maybe, maybe on his side, I don't know. But and throughout this whole dialogue, this whole conversation we had, you know, he he was seriously and, and genuinely under the impression that the the Spanish speaking population here that they're all immigrants. He he genuinely believes that. You know, and it's not him creating an insult as he expressed to me this is not an insult this is not an attack this is not racial this is not because you know he's white and these people are brown and they speak Spanish and they should be as some people say talking American and they're in America yeah no no it's not that he, he expressed that that's not the concern he says I just that's truly what I've understood And, I mean, just let that set in for a minute. 
that is truly what this person understood until we had this conversation today. Yeah. You know, and I explained to him about the indigenous population in, and I used an example, in central Texas, that that, you know, they, the reason why they're undocumented and why they speak Spanish and why they are called Mexicans is because they were actually Mexicans at one point several generations back and they're not going to have papers they won't be you know I guess they won't be able to gain a citizenship because a border crossed them and when that border crossed them they absorbed them into being United States citizens you know I, I can look back in my family's history being in that region it's there there is no documentation there are none of those records because we've been there since before it was Texas since before it was a republic of Texas when it was still Mexico you know and we talked about that I explained how that happened that little bit of history how the indigenous people that were in that area, on that land, that was called the Papay, the, let's see, the Payaya, that was called the Payaya land of the Yanaguana tribe. That is what the Spanish conquistadors called them. Yeah. So before they were Mexicans, they were actually indigenous people. And they had very different names, very different culture before that Spanish influence. It's because of that Spanish influence, that colonization, that they gained the name Guzman, that they gained the name Gonzalez, Rivera, Hernandez, Sandoval. That is where they got their names because of colonization. That is why they're Catholic. Yeah. That is where they learned Spanish. Yeah. Before that, they weren't the Yanaguana. They weren't the Payaya land. No. The Cohetecan people, which is an indigenous tribe that lived in that region of the, of the country that eventually became Texas. And the United States, well, it grew up around them. You know, it, it crossed that border, crossed them, and absorbed them. Yeah. So they went from a colonization from Spain become Mexican and speaking Spanish to the westward expansion of the United States of America and they were absorbed by the United States of America that's that's exactly what happened and we had you know a talk he had no idea he genuinely did not know that 
this person that I talked to, you know, he's he's from the area. He's from Spokane. He admitted to that. He said he grew up here. His parents grew up here. And I asked him, you know, think, think about your family history. Go backwards in time. Look at your family history. Where where were you born? Where were your parents born? Where were your grandparents born? And, you know, and so on and so forth. However much of your family history that you do know, because not everybody knows their family history, you know, you have a significant number of people that have grown up without grandparents, they've grown up, you know, in, in foster care, orphans, that they, they really genuinely don't know where their history and their heritage comes from. I mean, they could look at their features in the mirror and they can say, well, I, I have Asian features, or, you know, I obviously I, I have black skin, you know, I, I look like I could be from India. I could be Middle Eastern. So, you know, they have an assumption of where they come from until they they really get into exploring their genealogy and they get into to such tests, you know, that can, can put a value and help lead them in, in a more definite direction of, of where their heritage is and where they come from. You know, but is it going to connect them to actual people? I don't know. Possibly. I'm not familiar with that technology, so I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> but I will tell you that, that there are people that they genuinely don't know their heritage. And just imagine that can lead to all sorts of, of cultural identity crisis internally. And you just you don't know where you're, you're coming from. You don't know where you're going. And sometimes it doesn't really strike you until you're, you're an adult start to think of these things as an adult and you start to ask yourself questions because now you're you're starting a family and you're thinking of the these children you're going to have and you're thinking to yourself self what do I tell my kids you know they know that that mom has a heritage of this that and the other or they know dad's history is you know whatever whatever but where does the rest of their family come? They they deserve to know. You know, they deserve to have that understanding. And so as as we talked about heritage, as we talked about family history, that's where the conversation went into family history. And I shared with him a little bit of mine and kind of what's going on and how I ended up here in the Pacific Northwest and you know how that that in itself is going to change our family history because you know as as I've mentioned you know I, I have a son that's here he's he's a teenager and he's going to spend the you know the rest of his teenage years here until he's ready for college and then he's going to go wherever he goes to school but his friends will be here he'll have relationships here you know will he have that high school sweetheart that he marries and, and has a family with? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But that's that's a possibility. I have a stepdaughter that is, is considering coming to school up here in Seattle for a particular program. And she'll come up here 
met here. His name's Manny. And, you know, he was born in California, but he spent a lot of his time growing up here in, in eastern Washington, in central Washington. You know, and he's growing up here. You know, he's, he's, he's a young guy. And he's got the rest of his life ahead of him. Who knows where his life is going to go from there? Who knows where the rest of my life is going to go? Is it going to go back to Texas? Will I stay here in Washington? I don't know. That's just it. We think we have a good beat on where we're going to be and what we're going to do until life changes. Yeah. So as we had this conversation, you know, that was one of the topics we talked about. How life changes. And how so much can happen from generation to generation that it's it's not easy to draw a straight line on that family tree. No family tree is, is a straight line because you've got you know a grandparent from here, a grandparent from there, a father from here, a mother that was born there, and so on and so forth. And it's it's a, a zigzaggy crazy line. And there are so many families like that. And that's that is the norm. <laughs> that is the norm. Now not to say it's it's impossible that you know you you know you could have family established in a town and, and every generation grows up and lives in that town. I mean that's that's a possibility, of course. You know, I'm not gonna deny that. I mean again, look at look at my family. The majority of our roots and our heritage comes from Central Texas. Yeah. Yeah, Central Texas, that's it. And our generations, we've moved and gone all about this country. We have family that don't even live in this country anymore. We have family that lives in Italy and, and married into an Italian family there. And now their children are growing up in, in Italy and Sicily
get married, you have your family or whatever, and yeah, <laughs> you know, went from Veracruz and being a, a kid growing up on the streets and, and out there in, in Veracruz, southern, southern Mexico, and now throughout the duration of his life, he's moved to, to San Antonio with his family, you know, has become an American citizen. It took years and years for him to make that, that dream a reality, but he did it. And now his daughter lives in Spokane, Washington. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's the way families evolve and change. That's one of the conversations I have. That is the conversation I have with this guy. And, and by the end of the talk, you know, it, it started with him saying, well, it's a radio station for illegals and it shouldn't be here. There's no place in it, basically. But by the end of our conversation, he said, and I, I, I you know, I'm not kidding about this. He said, you know, he said, I'm glad that we have this station because even though I won't be able to understand and enjoy it like you and your family would, it just brings a little bit of home closer to you. And that really, that really affected me. It brings a little bit of home closer to you. Because in this talk, I told him how we traveled over 2,000 miles to come up here to Spokane you know, for the changes in our lives, for our opportunities. And after our talk, he realized, wow, you know, it's not right. And he even said it's not right to call undocumented people illegal aliens. I understand that now. I genuinely have no idea about that came 
tell you this, this story's going to stick with me. I'm going to think about that. Not as the day I decolonize the concept with, with a person. Not the day that I won an argument. Not the day that I schooled a white guy about what it's like being brown. No. That is not the conversation I had and that is not my intention. No. I will remember this as the day that I had a voice and that I expressed my my voice and my thoughts and my opinions. And they were actually heard. They were actually considered and they were actually understood by a person that had never heard those words before. Yeah, today's the day that I connected with somebody that learned and hopefully, you know, like I said, will take those words with them. And even better yet, they'll share them with other people that need to hear those words. Because being a brown person, talking about inequity, that that can go sideways real quick. I think many of you know that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it can go sideways real fast. That can become a big argument in a very white-dominated space or conversation. However, when you have a white person in that white space and they can share the importance of inclusion they can share the importance of, of how heritage travels and how that evolves and the way a family's history can follow a, a, an amazing path when you have that being shared by a white person in a white space that is an alliance. That is an inclusion. That is when the community that you're coming into from outside actually opens their arms, they welcome you, and you're a part of that community now. For many people, this hasn't happened yet on both sides of the fence. And I say that because there are still plenty of conversations that need to be had. There are still difficult conversations that, that need to occur, not just in Spokane, but across the United States of America. And not even stopping there, but around the world, there is still that conversation that has to be, to be had and has to be talked about. And through all that,
trigger to be pulled and boom, you're blowing up. That's all that it takes. You know that. But I didn't allow it. He didn't allow it. Because he actually opened his mind. I opened my mind. So it's not because I controlled the conversation or he controlled the conversation. I didn't say what he wanted to hear. He didn't say what I wanted to hear. Because that's not how it started. But choosing those, those words, you do the right words, those expressive words, and talking about those, like I said, those uncomfortable things, man, we were able to have the conversation that needs to be had in Spokane and, and, and around other communities, you know, and it was great. It was great to be a part of it, and, you know, I thanked him, and I said, I, I you know, I said, and, and we're not going to agree on everything, but, you know, I said, I, I respectfully say thank you for listening to me and thank you for not being judgmental thank you for not you know allowing a preconceived idea to interfere with us sharing you know and he thanked me he's like yes well thank you because it, it, it could have happened either way you know and I was like that's that's right it, it could have happened either way so we ended the conversation on a positive note, and we left it at that. I hope to have more conversations like that in this area and abroad. And um, yeah, there are there are changes happening in Spokane. And there are little little victories, the little triumphs for gente, for non gente for us all so yeah that was an interesting day today and that is that is the daily episode to share with you guys and i just want to thank all of you for for being a part of what i'm putting together here and i hope that that this is a, a talking point for you i hope that you do take this and share this with other people you know not for not for ratings and high fives and whatever <laughs> But I hope that it's shared because it's these words that we need to share. It's these talks that we need to have. And I appreciate your listening and following and, and the messages I get sent. You know, and I'm looking to, to continue, of course, on this journey. And continue it with you. So, yeah. Andale. Bueno.